okay? So to remind us all that we are still discussing the precepts, but we're discussing them in very indirect ways because in the spirit of Thich Nhat Hanh, to discuss the precepts is to discuss everything else that isn't the precepts. So we're approaching the precepts from the non-precept realm. And when I sit down to compose a Dharma talk each week, it occurs to me that there really is a singular message. Even though each week the talk is a bit different and I'm reminded of a television show that when my daughter was a toddler, she was absolutely addicted to. And the show was called Lost in Space. It, it may date me, it probably does, but you can almost um, predict what the show is about. It's a sort of a classic, um, paradigm of getting lost and then getting found. So this was a group of people. It would always amaze me that my daughter would sit wrapped in front of the TV uh, each week, completely absorbed in what was basically the same story, except that the costumes were different. The aliens had different, uh, terrible characteristics, uh, the, the set was remarkably strange each week. Um, and yet it was just a story about a group of people, a family who left the planet and got lost and met all kinds of dangerous creatures uh, strange weapons, um, alien landscapes, and their only desire, their complete focus was how to get back to their home planet. Well, as I, as I grew up and as she grew up, I realized that that's, that's the fundamental story of our lives. And that's why it's so compelling that we tend to get lost. We leave home. We leave our place of true nature. And we spend a good deal of time and energy trying to get home. trying to get back to our home planet, our home place. And here at, in our Sangha, you could say that it's almost inevitable that during the week, we kind of get lost, um, maybe even today. And we gather together every Sunday and sometimes on Thursday evenings 
to find our way home, to get back to our true self, our true nature. And we have to keep doing this week after week, moment after moment, our search for home, for our home planet. But you know, the, the, um, the teaching is singular. It's very simple. It's be awake. It's just be awake. And yet we tend to, to um, get lost from this singular simple message of just awaken. Even every morning when we, either the alarm clock goes off or we have our inner clock that wakes us up and we open our eyes from the state of sleep, that moment of awakening is fundamentally what we're after, where the mind is free, is open, and all we've done was awaken to life. And yet it doesn't take very long before we're in conflict, before something gets in the way. And so just reporting from my own experience, and I suspect that you can share this too, is, ah, I don't want to get up. <laughs> but, but I'm wasting the day. But I don't want to. I'm tired. I want to, I want to pull the covers over and I, you know. And no, get up. No, stay asleep. No, get up. So already we have this inner conflict. Doesn't take very long. Things get in our way. And, and what tends to get in our way is this inner dialogue, one of the many things. And I want to uh, repeat a very classic story that is extremely famous and which probably many of you have heard of the two wolves. This is a story that uh, whose origins are in question, but it's generally thought to be a story arising out of the um, Cherokee nation, where a chief is talking to his young grandson who has become very emotional and very angry with a friend of his who has insulted him. And he feels all of this anger, this little boy feels this anger in him that's uncontrollable. And he goes to his grandfather asking, what, how do I deal with this? What should I do? I'm so angry. And the grandfather responds, that in every person, there are these two wolves. There's a dark wolf and a light wolf. And this is expressed in different ways, sometimes black 
and white, sometimes a good wolf and an evil wolf. And they're constantly fighting. Should I get up? Should I stay asleep? Small skirmishes sometimes, sometimes larger battles, sometimes a full out war. Um, and you can detect this, you know, that should I get up, shouldn't I get up, is just a, a small little skirmish. But I hate this person. This person is, it has uh, destroyed my life. Um, I'm gonna get back at that person. I never wanna to talk to that person. I'm constantly at war with that person. It's a full on battle within. And the grandfather says, these, these wolves are always fighting with themselves, with each other. And the little boy says, well, who wins? And the grandfather responds, the one you feed. The one you feed. And typically, we interpret this story as, of course, you want to feed the good wolf. <laughs> the wolf that wants to get up <laughs> and wants to greet the day, and the wolf who represents joy and peace and compassion and loving kindness. That's the wolf you want to feed. The other wolf you want to starve. Well, there is more to the story, and particularly from a Buddhist point of view and Zen Buddhist point of view, that it's not just a question of feeding the good wolf and starving the bad wolf, but it there the next phase of the, the story is if you feed both in the right way, both win. So this may seem counterintuitive to becoming a fuller, more realized, more compassionate and wise person, that we don't wanna feed the dark wolf. But if you consider the matter more closely, you may discover that if you just feed the light wolf, all of those um, wonderful characteristics and virtues, you may fall into something called toxic positivity <laughs> or what Trungpa Rinpoche once called idiot compassion. When you feed this, this white wolf, this light wolf, you may hear things like stay positive 
my mother always loved whenever I was in turmoil and feeling um, a lot of um, distress, anger, jealousy, envy, fear. Count your blessings. It could be worse. This is feeding, this is feeding the white wolf. Everything happens for a reason. It's a good reason. You can choose to be happy. It's all in your mind. If you just choose to be happy, you can be. And one of my friends often said things like, I cannot afford to have a negative thought. Feeding the white wolf. But why is that kind of idiot compassion, idiot joy, idiot peace? Because it doesn't go deeply enough into the full range of human experience. There is suffering and it's real. If you feed the dark wolf, the tendency is to think that, for example, everyone lies, so I can lie too. Everyone does it. That's just the way the world is. You got to kill, so it doesn't matter what you kill. You can get away with this. You can get away with stealing these this chocolate-covered ginger from the bulk foods um, section of Wegmans. You can get away with it. And I'm justified. I'm justified in stealing because Wegmans can can afford, you know, a half a pound of chocolate-covered ginger <laughs> to be disappearing from their bulk foods. So I'm justified because they take advantage. They they um, they they up the price of things. Their profit margins are too high. Or you know, we're all just animals anyway. It's just a fight for survival. So yeah, I can, I can kill, I can steal, I can lie, I can express my anger. It makes me feel so good. It makes me feel powerful. So you can see that, and that leads to a loss of our humanity to become bestial, basically. So if you feed the only the good wolf, you might wind up in what we enabling or some some idiot form of virtue. And if you just feed the dark wolf, you lose your humanity and you suffer 
in what we might call, as we heard last week, the hell realms, the animal realms. It's very painful. So the story, the story can end that if you feed both rightly, if you give both wolves the right food, if you nourish both in the right way, both can come together and end the war. The war doesn't have to be won or lost. It's not an either or. You have these conflicting drives in us. You know, it was, wasn't it um, St. Paul in the, in the Christian tradition? I think he, he, he said something like the, the good that I would do, I do, do not do. The good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil which I would not do, that I do. And so this is a classic kind of battle. This is it just pervades so much of literature, the good and the evil. Literature, movies, you know, operas, <laughs> um, every kind of aspect of human life is infused with this war, which is really fundamentally an inner conflict, which gets projected outward. So we can also admit that any kind of emotion, the good, the evil, is not so simple that there is a mixture of good and evil, white and dark, that they are the emotional, our emotional life is just as complex as our experiences. So when we say I'm angry, there's also an element of care in that because we probably wouldn't become angry if we didn't care about the situation that we were in. So if you begin looking deeply into this inner, these inner conflicts, you see that in order to be whole, to be a complete human being, both wolves have to be brought together. That, that if, you, if you kill one, if you starve one, you're going to fall into an extreme of the other. Sometimes uh, we say that the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. So an excess of idiot goodness, an excess of goodness is immediately suspect, can immediately 
fall into this idiot place where the shadow behind that is even stronger. I think uh, Joanna and I were talking the other day about Mother Teresa and Martin Luther King, both of whom we could almost say were saints. And yet there is a dark side. You read Mother Teresa's letters, which I've done, you find something very, very different going on than what you see uh, projected out into the public. So this is not to say that we want to cultivate our shadow, but that we want to integrate. <laughs> we want to integrate the two to bring them together. Um, Shulong, is, is that little wolf image? Those two little wolves? Yeah. There they are. So our typical reaction, if we see fighting going on, is to separate to separate the fighting, uh, the fighting forces, set them aside. But what does that do? In a way, you are denying the reality of the war and you're also escalating and emphasizing the differences. If you separate those two, as you see in the middle, that our tendency is to separate the two that absolutely go together, you are just emphasizing the duality. Can you show the other, the other slide of the figure and ground? Okay. I love this image. I work with it all the time. And I, I hope you will too, because I think it's extremely revealing. It's it visually, it reflects what our practice is all about. It's about the integration of all the voices within us. And, and seeing how the how everything is defined by everything else the black and the white. And you see that, that while there is a difference, there's no separation. So we can have this shadow, it's okay. And we can have this light and they both nourish each other because this is what's within us. And this is the way to end the battle, not to deny it, because so, so much in our culture is either trying to stay away from conflict, you know, we just don't want to deal with it, or <laughs> we have the Super Bowl, <laughs> or we have bam, 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 <laughs> you know, these are the, these are the 
the tendencies that we have, you know, to either deny and uh, become idiots in one form or another, or to really go at it until one side wins. But there really is no solution in that case because the other side will never disappear. It's just part of being human. It is being human. And I resist, you can take that slide away. I really resist speaking of this shadow, this darkness within us as a flaw. And we often, you know, we, we tend to say, well, as humans, we're all flawed. We, we, have, we have our imperfections. No, it's not that we're flawed. It's that we're human. This, this is what it means to be human. There's no other standard except if you want, if you aspire to be God, <laughs> you know, as, as um, Shillong pointed out at the beginning of, um, of Thich Nhat Hanh's uh, The Heart of the Buddhist Teaching, Buddha was a human being. He wasn't a saint. He wasn't a God. It doesn't mean he was flawed. It just means he was fully human. He was just fully a fully realized human being who found, who discovered something and discovered something so significant that he needed to transmit it. He needed to share it with others. So our practice is to embrace. And if you, if you read the precepts, they always come as two sides. It's never just uh, don't do this or do this. It's never just um, don't lie, but it's don't lie and be honest. It's never just be honest it's be honest and refrain from lying. <laughs> so the precepts address everything in us. If there weren't lying, there would be no need for precepts. So there is lying, <laughs> there is stealing, there is intoxication. There is killing and we don't want to deny that because then we just become idiots. <laughs> so the dark wolf needs to be nourished, needs to be nourished with compassion. Yes. I see why you're angry. I see why you're hungry. 
I see why you are restless. I understand. I feel for your cravenness. I feel for your darkness. And the white wolf needs wisdom. So it doesn't become just an idiot. It, it, the, the white wolf needs to be told, look, you may have to, you may have to help someone by causing them pain instead of just saying, oh, everything will be okay, don't worry. But to be really helpful, you may have to understand to be really joyful you have to go more deeply than just being a Pollyanna. So look deeply and don't settle for the surface. So feeding these conflicting forces in us, feeding them the right food so that both can thrive, can both can become an integrated whole that we call Buddha. Don't think Buddha didn't have his dark side too. We read some of the stories about his life. So Carl Jung once said, I'd rather be whole than good. Good is in the, in the kind of idiot sense is reductive. It's, it, it's, it leaves out a lot. So I'd, I'd rather be a whole human being than just a small and yet um, praiseworthy human being. And that is our practice. So when you wake up in the morning, there's this fight. I'm gonna stay in bed. No, I should get up. No, I wanna stay in bed. No, I should get up. Oh yes, both. And that's why there's a snooze alarm. You can feed both wolves. <laughs> Just press the snooze alarm. Right? 